0: Games, an alternative guide to world football. We're back, it's a brand new year, it's the year of the world's stupidest European Championships and we're going to preview that and all the other exciting bits of football to come over the coming months. I'm Tom O'Brien. And I'm Aaron Gales
1: and it's fantastic to see Tom that you're approaching 2020 with your usual enthusiasm.
0: I'm contractually obliged <laughs> to... Oh, well, What was that? was talking?
1: Oh, I apologise, is that my watch or your you Are you going or Siri on oh, no, it? No, well, my, phone,
0: my phone heard 20 and i that that was a request from Siri for emergency help for some reason. But it's not, I um, just want to say, just legally, that Siri is not affiliated with this podcast, but we <laughs> would welcome the money. We would. Um, Did you enjoy the football over the Christmas and New Year period, Tom? I particularly enjoyed one game.
1: Did you? Yes. Which game in particular was that?
0: Newcastle United 1 Everton 2
1: oh I see right yes ok yeah no that's fair enough yeah yeah. I think that was to be expected I think the Ancelotti effect how how have you obviously Liverpool Cup game aside how have you sort of what are your thoughts on Ancelotti Good well on? I mean
0: because I get all my opinions from the newspapers how dare little old Everton appoint a successful manager <laughs> and get ideas <laughs> above their stations of wanting to win matches and yeah. trophies yeah. disgrace like all these think pieces, people like Carrick say, oh, Ancelotti's the wrong person for Everton. Yeah. Who's the right person? Yeah, yeah. Moyes no, again. Yeah, yeah. Agreed. No, no, yeah. That fat gravy swilling <laughs> Big Sam.
1: Big Sam, as he's otherwise known.
0: Oh, they're separate people <laughs> for legal reasons. Um, you know, yeah, uh, like, if he's the best manager who's available, get him, and mm. they did, and that's mental. So, yeah. um, we'll see, it's just going to take a long time until anything
1: yeah, it yeah. can happen because I the think, squad yeah. is pretty terrible. Yeah, very similar to actually when Benitez took over at Newcastle. I think it was a similar thing, it's like, oh, oh what a step down for, mm. you know, it's, it does, you know, I know Newcastle haven't had much recent success, but Newcastle and Everton, historically, it was, you know, probably in the top eight biggest clubs in England, it shouldn't be that surprising. Um, but yeah, you feel, you feel fairly positive about it? anyway. I mean, um, I will not say anything about
0: my approach to football is positive. Yeah. But um, I don't see who they could have got who'd be better. Yeah. Frankly, yeah. Um, you know, I'm stunned that Arsenal went in the Arteta route instead of Ancelotti because mm. mm. I think if Arsenal approached Ancelotti, mm. he'd be Arsenal's manager by now. Yeah. Um, but yeah, um, we'll we'll see what happens. But the, the biggest problem is he's just got a team of fucking cowards. Yeah. Um, with mm. no ball, no backbone, no ability. Um, yeah. And, you know, you can be the best manager in the world, but you can't fix that if you've got a load
1: of fucking shysters in your school. Mm, mm. Anything, Talking about you, Guilty Sigurdsson. Anything You, Morgan uh, <laughs> Do you think there'll be a clear out in the summer?
0: Yeah, we say this every year. Yeah. We've got to like, I think we've got, got to be in that perpetual a thousand pl- You know, Yannick Balassi is still on Evidence yeah, Is he? Fantastic. Um <laughs> uh, he's out on loan at the moment at Sporting Lisbon. Um there's yeah. a lad of evidence signed under in Roberto Martes' first season. A Swiss international called Shani Tarashai. Who has never appeared for the club. The only picture they've got of him in an Everton kit is from a friendly against, I think, MK Dons or something, where a ball gets smashed into his face. We've got a load of toilet roll hanging out of <laughs> one nostril and blood pouring down his face. Um, and he's on loan for like his fourth season at another club now, and his contract yeah. runs up out at the end of this loan. Like, yeah. That's the state the club's got to. That yeah. in their transfer plans at the AGM last week, they were saying, uh, One of our main aims for this window was to fucking get rid of Umar on the ass, um, who's, who's outlasted three or four managers now yeah, in a at statement with the club so yeah right no, Tom it is. before we I don't know we, what we're doing here we, today is that go... it are we wrapped up you can catch no, us on all the usual places up. no
1: no we're not wrapped up so before we go into I've picked a couple of topics that I want to have a chat about right. that, outside the box but I thought I'd uh, use this opportunity to test your football knowledge Tom I mean you are God. something of a, of a connoisseur um, so I think going forward uh, rather than humiliate me weekly as we used to do uh would probably just make you look good because you'll probably get them. So I've got a little little quiz plan. So this is, uh, can you identify the footballers by the information on their Wikipedia page? So You've not lifted this straight from the Guardian, have you? Not from the Guardian, Because oh, no. I've, I've done the one with the Guardian this week and i got 10 out of
0: 10. Oh, so right. okay, if, no. if it was That would make very poor content. But no, we'll, no. we'll give it a go. Yeah, I'll we'll give, it give it a try. Go.
1: Right. so I mean, it is quite an easy one to kick off, Tom. So... Uh, this player started his career at Stocksbridge Park Steels. Right, do, you, do you want to carry on, or? Yes. Before moving <laughs> on to FC Halifax Town, Fleetwood, and Leicester City. Jamie Vardy. Fantastic. This man started his career at Paris Saint-Germain. Of course he did. Where he played for two spells. He's also played for Real Madrid, Manchester City, Fenabachi, Bolton Wanderers, Chelsea, Shanghai Shenhua, West Bromwich Albion, Mumbai City, and Arsenal. Uh, that would be uh, the well-travelled
0: Frenchman Nicolas Anelka
1: right next up this man started his career at CSK Sofia of course he did also played for Bayer Leverkusen Tottenham Hotspur Manchester United Fulham Monaco and the Kerala Blasters Um, he's
0: coming up to his birthday Um, he's going to be uh, I believe he's going to be 39 years old on the 30th of January it's Dimitar Berbatov fantastic it is it shares his uh, exact date of birth uh, with Peter Crouch oh there you go and the reason I know about this is because uh, a friend of mine who's best man at my wedding Neil uh, was also born on exactly the same day um, and from one of my terrific jokes in my best man speech when I was uh, doing the odds for him, uh, two McHero footballers, one uh, um, incredibly tall, not him, he's five foot 5'5", five. Uh, uh, and the other uh, a lazy uh, Bulgarian with uh, only moments of flashes of brilliance, uh, and uh, which one do you think he's more like? Um, so, uh, so we got there in the end. Uh, yes, it's Dimitar Berbatov.
1: It is. This player only played for big European clubs, with one notable exception, Tottenham Hotspur. So he played for Ajax, Milan, Juventus, a short period on loan at Barcelona, Inter Milan, Tottenham, Ajax, Crystal Palace, and Barnet. I mean, oh, so you're you're saying
0: Barnet are a big European club? <laughs> <player. laughs> um, he wore the number one shirt at Barnet because he was player-manager. Edgar Davids.
1: It is. Next one, Tom. Started his career at Wolverhampton, played for amongst others Inter Milan, Leeds, yeah. Spurs, yeah. Liverpool, Celtic. Yeah, 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 yeah.
0: yeah. A lifelong fan of all those clubs. Um, it's Robbie Keane.
1: This one, this one might, this one might test you began his career at Borussia Nunkirchen, played for Eintracht, Frankfurt, Fenerbahce, PSG, Qatar SC and Hull City. Which clubs again? He, uh, he played for, started his career at Borussia Nunkirchen. Eintracht Frankfurt, Fenerbahce, Paris Saint-Germain, Bolton, Qatar, Hull? Uh,
0: Not a clue. Who's played for Hull? It's the Hull Hull. through me actually. It's the Qatar. You don't usually go to that side of the world and then then find yourself back at a a better club. It would suggest to me that it's an African footballer.
1: Ooh. Ooh. you just—you know this, don't you? you just—no, just I don't. I, don't. Um, cool. I can't remember
0: the teams you said before.
1: I actually am not a hundred percent sure of the answer. You said Eintracht Frankfurt. Yeah, Fenerbahce, Benabachi, PSG, Qatar, Hull. Bolton, Bolton. Yeah. Oh, JJ Culture. Correct.
0: I didn't hear. You didn't say you Bolton. Must have been listening correctly. Thomas. I didn't hear, I didn't hear Bolton at all.
1: Uh, And we'll finish off. We'll finish off on this one. Started off at Tottenham Hotspur, uh, brief spell for Dulwich Hamlet, IFK Hasselholm, QPR, Portsmouth, Villa, Southampton, Liverpool, Portsmouth, Tottenham, Stoke. Uh, Also has a birthday coming up, as we've
0: already mentioned him in the course of this podcast. It's um, rival
1: broadcaster uh, Peter Crouch. Well done, Tom. Excellent, excellent work there. Uh, That has been the ego boost I have (laughs) needed. Right, I just thought we'd move on Tom so um a couple of stories in the week that I found quite interesting, so the first one uh, they're looking at banning heading for youngsters in scotland what 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 do you think about that I
0: mean, I can see the reasons why i don't know how'll imp- how you can implement that mm. no head height rule like we have at five side on Thursday but I mean presumably they're doing that at, like
1: all levels, like so like on the equivalent of like an eleven side pitch. Scottish youth levels. I don't know the, the full details. Do you agree with the principle? It's obviously it's obviously linked I mean, to studies and tri- Alzheimer's. Tri- I mean I guess if, if if you're going to be a
0: and I and I must admit I'm I'm not across a lot of the research. I know it's something that's already happened in the States. I think the mm. youth level footballers don't outside of, of the equivalent of pro so I think if you play for USA under 13 team or, or or under 17 you can't say lads by the way we, we don't fancy heading in this mm. game are you, you alright with that Brazil like, no <laughs> um, it's, I, I don't know what the stats are because I know obviously like balls were heavier in the old days mm. and this that and the other and I don't I, I don't know I mean, there, there seem to be a lot of people who are getting Alzheimer's anyway, mm. who haven't played football. Mm. So, you know, my, uh, my grandma's suffering from Alzheimer's. I mean, aside a brief four-year career for Qatar stars followed by a move to Hull, I don't think she's played professional <laughs> football. Um, and um, I was want to mention that Alzheimer's. But mm. Same sort of thing. But it's, it's, um, I don't, it's, it's... I just don't see how you'll be able to play... A game of football, mm. like when you get outside that five-a-side arena and get into like your big pitches, because all kids, like the goalkeeper, all the goalkeeper can do when you're that age is get chipped with every single shot and hit a goal kick as hard as you can and hope it reaches halfway oh. through your own half. Mm. Mm. And are people supposed to like cower out of the yeah. way and not? I, I don't. I, I think. I think it's. Um, I think it's reasonable to try and discourage it, to certainly take it out of training. You know, not to not to be doing like constant heading drills and stuff like that. But I just, un- unless you're going to fundamentally change the game at all levels, I mean, what happens then if you if, if you turn 12 and you suddenly got to head the ball 50 times
1: to catch up? Yeah.
0: And I get the reasons behind it. I think more needs to be done in those areas, Mm. but I just, I can't see how it'll work.
1: Yeah. I think my my sort of opinions it, I think it might change, I think football's changing the way it's played anyway, seeing a lot more possession-based games, but I think I sort of agree with your point in that, you know, the examples that get sort of the Jeff Astle is Mm. the obvious one, but like you say, it was a totally different, literally a a totally different ball. Um, So it's an interesting one. I'll sort of watch, watch with interest. Because I think that the last
0: header goal I remember seeing and I've not watched a huge amount of football over Christmas but it would be the Dominic Calvert-Lewitt one against Burnley which was a low one mm. a glancing header now it's not like we all I think we all remember from school the day when you've got the, the, the ball that's taken on like a pond's worth of water yeah. and it comes down from the sky and there's one kid usually you who looks watches it watches it watches it and then heads it off the top of their head yeah, yeah, and then yeah. tries not to cry in front yeah. of their entire school <laughs> and has to go and have a lie down or something like Let's not be doing that. Yeah. But I, I like I had a, a and it was one of the things that annoys me about five or I love heading the ball. Mm-hmm. I um I used to have like playing like football lunchtimes at school with like tennis ball of football, but I would still, it would be a tactic of our team to sort of scoop the ball up and I had quite a Les Ferdinand-esque hang <laughs> in the air, uh, that's the only thing I have in common, Les Ferdinand, I've never befouled a Blue Peter Garden, um, and so I, I quite enjoyed that, and like uh, uh, there's nothing, all the volleys in the world are uh, fine, like you know, a crashing volley that goes in off the bar, amazing dribble, but I've always loved just a powerful header off the forehead like, mm. like that's the goal that I think fans sort of relate to a bit more like you know we've both seen Duncan Ferguson play for our clubs like yeah. and Shearer as well a fine header with the ball and you think that's the sort of one where fans think oh I could do that as well like mm. it's just like a crashing not to downplay those players mm. but they're the exciting ones like I still remember like Euro 2016 everyone was raving about that Hal robson Carno goal where he sends he breaks about five ankles doing a little Cruyff turn yeah, in the box. Yeah. But Sam Boakes I scored just before, or just mm. after that, with a towering bullet header. Yeah,
1: yeah. That was the better goal for yeah. me. I loved that. It was yeah. a perfect header. And some of the Ronaldo headers, as you see, Ronaldo's header recently in Italy, where he just hangs yeah. it It's incredible. I do, I do enjoy a header goal. You're not, you, you didn't enjoy that one? Uh, I just, uh, you, don't just, like, you don't I, like Cristiano? I
0: don't like Cristiano, <laughs> um, some of his alleged shenanigans it's yeah. just it's just a bit grubby yeah. did you hear today that they changed the formation of the uefa team yeah exactly. so that mm. presumably so that he attended and didn't
1: cry yeah yeah Fucking <laughs> very good i did one i was going to talk about tom just to get you a bit of an obscure story but one that, that tickled my interest over christmas is this sort of you know the sort of saudi arabia sports washing Yes. All this kind of stuff. What, what do you think, I know, is both the Italian Super Cup and now the Spanish Super Cup, which has been revamped into a 14 tournament in Saudi Arabia. Can you see that coming into the English game, do you think? Uh, I think when the contract with the FA
0: for the Community Shield comes up, because mm-hmm. I think they're contracted for some time to do it at Wembley, and I think that might be related to FA Cup broadcast rights as well, possibly. When that contract comes up, I will be mm. stunned if that game didn't go somewhere else mm. um, but I think the FA will look to the likes of China which isn't that much better yeah. and Japan and South Korea and look to those parts of Asia or the brilliant work that they do in the States where they do lots mm. of, sort of uh, meetups uh, they do quite a few weekends a year they do mm. it in Africa as well they do Premier League weekends there I think that they will see the negativity and maybe try and be a little bit more creative in where they go um, because of the backlash that's involved with it but i think definitely the community shield mm. will probably get brought forward a week
1: or two as well so it mm. forms part of these pre-season tours Pre-seasons, that everyone's yeah. doing um do you think there's slightly less of a need because of the huge broadcasting deal that the premier league gets like i was looking at the broadcasting deal that they get in spain for example and italy particularly is quite much lower than tv rights i English think players. <sighs>
0: I think it's just that they're, they're desperate to play these competitive games abroad, mm. but there's no, I don't think there's any other way they can do it without radically changing the English game. Yeah. So it wouldn't surprise me to see them do something like that, to because you know, they do that Premier League Asia trophy mm. where they go on yeah. on a four game tour, um, which they've been doing for about 15, 20 years now. Mm. Uh, but I think they'll they would look like the community shields would be the only game that you could take in isolation mm. and put on in another country, and no one would really care because mm. there's no competitive advantage to it. Mm. You probably can't then do it in the Middle East because it's August and everyone would die yeah. um, so you could do it somewhere like you know most of the states are hot as well but you could try and do it somewhere else mm. uh, um, and like probably sort of reinvent it and get people a bit more interested Mm. in it again because i don't know if people are are asked and they'd make an absolute
1: packet Mm. indeed and then finally tom the final topic for today before i get some predictions for 2020 from you the african cup of nations tom i don't know if you've seen it has now moved back in the football calendar to its traditional january february window
0: yeah and with probably too little notice for everyone as well because that's 12 months from now uh, because they and they keep doing this. The like, people who give out football tournaments are fucking morons. Like, oh, do you know what? We gave the World Cup to Qatar two years ago. I'm starting to think it's going to be too fucking hot to do it in the middle. So, um, and then say "Oh, you know, it's just that the lads in Cameroon are saying it's going to piss it down all yeah. month if we do it." This, like, yeah, yeah, it, yeah. I, I think I feel like clubs will be particularly knocked because.
1: It felt like they sorted it all out. And yeah, <laughs> it's,
0: it, it's 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 yeah. really short notice. Yeah. Uh, um, you know, there have been clubs in the past that have avoided signing African players mm. because they knew that they were going to lose yeah. a few of them in January, and that possibly wasn't a concern for some teams. Yeah. Um,
1: I mean, I mean, I know this will be a, a present example for you because you hate Liverpool, Tom, but just looking at Liverpool in twelve months' time could potentially be without Mo Salah and Sadio Mane. No, I'm sure you'll be delighted about that, but the principle of essentially having your two best players ripped out of your club to play a national tournament just seems... Remarkable. Yeah, and, and I, I don't know what the
0: years are, like. I don't know if they, did they play the Asian Cup every four or every two years, mm. I can't remember. If yeah. it's every two years, they'll be about the new uh, Japanese player that they signed as yeah. well, mm. um, who'd be there. You've also got to remember, like, the whole of the football cans is getting ripped up at the moment, mm. because then we're we're the best part of three years away from a World Cup now instead of two and a half years yeah. because they're, they're doing that in winter yeah. and there's there, there's probably going to be some work over the next couple of seasons to bring the start of the Premier League forward, forward. by a week or so yeah. so that in the summer of 2022 it's probably going to start in July mm. so that they can then have a long basically because I think you've got to stop playing football for like two or three weeks before the tournament starts yeah. so it's basically going to be the best part of two months where there's no uh, game. I mean, it's, this is an accurate football manager basically stop all the fixtures at the end of October right. and you start up again on Boxing Day yeah. pretty much. Yeah. Um, um, whether that's right, I don't know, but they have got other things right in the past. Yeah. But you kind of think
1: well. It's a reasonable assumption to make, isn't
0: it? They've got to, like, they've got to start squeaking the season forward. Mm. And so you're now looking at well, could the 2020 slash 21 season be a little bit more compacted to get the players the rest of the summer to get this to happen? Yeah. Well, it's difficult to do that now if you're losing players for a mm. month. And again, they've got to be released with like a week or two before the tournament as well. Yeah. Um, and both Senegal and Egypt have had pretty deep runs in these tournaments in the past couple of years. So as you said, those players could be, could be away from their clubs for a while. Um, you know, there's a significant number of players who would, from, from the Premier League, you'd expect to get quite deep in tournaments. Yeah. They also, because I think, does it start mid-January or early January? Uh, I don't They're know. at a risk, if it's mid-January, of, of missing out on, on some of the early Champions League games. As well. yeah. yeah. So it's...
1: Um, it is what okay. it is it is Tom right so I'm going to ask you to look into your crystal ball Tom for 2020 uh, who do you think will win the Champions League this year oh
0: I have no idea um, where um, would you put your money if you're barely, a betting man now are you going to lay a prize in it I think um, if I'm going to be miserable I might as well put the money on Liverpool so at least I've got some cash out of it yeah. <laughs> um, okay Liverpool or uh, City one or oh, two city. I think if they, if they can um avoid each other the, the advantage that Liverpool are going to have is that they're likely to have wrapped up the league Probably, in mid-March yeah. early April which means they can yes they'll want to finish the season on a record number of points but would they prefer to do a double mm. yeah who, who gives a shit if mm. you win the league with 10 points or you win the yeah, league with a yeah. thousand doesn't matter Good. give everyone a rest because some of their players desperately need a rest mm. Euro 2020 Tom uh, I don't no, I think it might be someone different, like Belgium or the Netherlands. Yeah, yeah, the Netherlands are coming back strong, aren't they? I think it would be quite an Everton thing to have uh, Belgium managed by Roberto Martinez, mm. and the Netherlands managed by Ronald Koeman mm. uh, for the right to be crowned European champions. <laughs> um, I don't know, um, yeah. I, I certainly don't think England will do very well. Do you
1: not? Nah. No, Even with the home advantage, do you think they'll go out in the quarterfinals? Yeah. And finally, Tom, is there one thing in football if you could make one change to the game in 2020, what would you like to see? Uh,
0: mandatory prison sentences for anyone who still refers to it as the Premiership.
1: <laughs> Fair enough.
0: It's um, not happy, it's, about it's been 15 years. <laughs> it's the Premier League. It's the Premier League. The yeah. Premiership is rugby yeah. or Scottish football. Um, we've all taken the time to learn your names. So the least you can do is learn our competition's name as well.
1: Mm. Um, Same very much with a commercial sponsorship hat on. I wonder where. You know, that particular annoyance has come from. This is an annoyance that's outdated
0: my <laughs> uh, uh, relationship with my commercially minded wife. Yeah. Um, no, it's bothered me for a long time. Oh, right. uh, and then, on a more serious note, um, stop dicking about with drawing lines all over VAR. Yeah, right. VAR's yeah. been a mess. We know VAR's been a mess. But as people keep saying, it's for the clear and obvious date uh, and, yeah. and if you have, you know, if an armpit is offside because you've drawn a load of squiggly bollocks all over it, mm. it's not clear and obvious. Yeah. Dragon. Agreed. What about Great. yourself?
1: Answers the same questions. Uh, I think... Uh, I think actually this might be the year PSG win the Champions League. Uh, I think they've been knocking on the door for a while. I think they could nearly be there. I think Euro 2020, I think France. I think France still look very strong. And I agree with you. BAR, I think they need to sort out what they're doing. Um, because it's ruining, ruining ruining, the game at the moment. Just start using a fucking monitor. Yeah. The ref goes and looks at the monitor. And, and yeah. like, but it's just...
0: They, these sort of hairs, and I don't like the idea of, of doing like oh well, there's a margin of error or something mm. like that. A lot of people talked about the fact that the frame rate—it's mm. almost impossible to see when the ball's been passed. Yeah. you are doing that super slow mode. How could, like, no one's showing us the the, the wide shots of yeah. when the pass has been played? Yeah, um, yeah. The, the argument of something that's equivalent to an umpire's call, like it's mm. too close to see. Yeah. So without drawing lot the line lines on it, you go with the on-field decision. Yeah. but I don't know what the right answer is, but what they're doing at the moment is a load of shite.
1: Well, that's it, Tom our first podcast did you, did you know we've been doing the podcast for two years now yes two years yeah
0: your cool. LinkedIn told me Worthy of, <laughs> I, know, I know it is on LinkedIn Yeah, worthy of celebration you were congratulated by
1: someone was I <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah fantastic I think, I think thinks it's something that pays you money pays me money well after Rise he tipped us before Christmas that dollar will come in any day now. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's, that's paid for half a month's podcast hosting. Um, if you'd like to
0: tip us the details are, of course, in the description for this episode. Um, we take large and small sums, but we prefer the large ones. Um, you can get in touch with us. It's at noeasygamespod uh, at outlook.com. Uh, i put an at in there. Basically, at noeasygamespod on Twitter or noisygamespod yeah. at
1: outlook.com uh, for all your podcast needs. We'll be back throughout the year. There's going to be uh, lots of international football, so we'll be focusing on some of those tournaments and various other topics for discussion. For now, though, from me, Aaron Gale. And from
0: me, Tom O'Brien. Goodbye. Cheerio.